Welcome to Tim Stodds FM, where each week we discuss new ideas and tactics to help you succeed in business, relationships, and life. And now your host, Tim Stoddard. Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Tim Stoddard. Welcome to the Tim Stodds Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. My guest today is Matt Givenisi. I discovered Matt online through a workshop uh, called Unemployable. Actually, my business partner, Brian Clark, owns a membership site in which he helps people build uh, small businesses, one-person businesses. He calls it the seven-figure small model. And I discovered Matt's work through Unemployable. If you want to learn more about Brian's website, go to unemployable.com. I highly recommend it. But Matt has an entire network and an entire online business developed around affiliate marketing. I've always scoffed at the idea of affiliate marketing. It seemed to me over the years that affiliate was basically uh, online entrepreneurs teaching people how to build businesses by teaching people how to build businesses which sold affiliate products on how to build businesses, you know, and and I was always a little bit turned off by it. It seemed like everywhere I looked, it was uh, people selling email software and hosting software and other online products. And it just, it it didn't, it seemed kind of trite to me. It seemed uh, a little out of place. And that's why when I found Matt and I found his work, I discovered this whole new opportunity of creating niched websites around communities and then teaching people in these communities how to uh, use products and how to use services to to live better. So one of Matt's examples is he has a, a website around home brewery and he sells home brewery products. He has another huge website around uh, an industry as specific as pool care and hot tub care. And he makes a killing off of that website. Uh, selling products for homeowners to keep their pools clean. And Matt also has a personal site, which I love, and which is really when I, I, I dug deep into Matt's work because he documents all of his experiments. And it's called Money Lab, moneylab.co. Matt and I talked for like an hour. He's also from Philly. And uh, he's just really cool. He's really transparent with his work. And, and He's got such a cool approach to affiliate marketing, which I think applies to regular folks like you and me so much, so much more than, you know, the standard affiliate product model that I've seen over, over and over again for the last 10 years. So I know you're going to love this podcast. Matt's got a ton of energy, super high energy, super high value. And, uh, and I really love talking to him. So please enjoy this episode with my conversation with Matt Givenisi. As long as it's coming through the right stuff, yeah. Say again. You can't hear feedback, right? Because I got my big speakers on, but I make sure that I have enough like noise cancellation. Uh, so no, no, we're straight. All right. All right, cool, man. Well, we are recording, Matt. Thank you so much for joining yeah. me on my show. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm a big fan of your work. I, I just discovered you recently. I was researching some affiliate marketing stuff. It's something that I've, I've never experienced uh, or something that I don't really have a whole lot of experience in. And, and so I'll tell you why. I always thought affiliate was kind of a waste of time because all the things I've ever seen with affiliate is like the same people writing the same content about like growing an online business and selling like the same five yeah. or six different marketing products, you know, and just thinking like, 
where's the money? What's the point? Like, where does it even happen? But you and, and your, I guess we can call it your personal brand, Money Lab, and mm-hmm. some of the uh, other like side project affiliate sites is, is totally different. Like you've really gone in and you've picked a particular niche that has almost like communities around them and then yeah. developed content and developed products around that. And I know looking at it now, it seems so obvious, but like I never even thought about doing it from, from that angle. So like, tell me that story. How did that, how did that come into play and, and, and how's that all work? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like affiliate marketing is kind of a dirty business where it has a, it has a bad rap. Like it's, mm. it's people kind of look at it as, you know, an easy way to make money, passive income kind of thing, make money online, get rich quick sort of thing. Uh, it's funny. I didn't, I didn't enter the world. I didn't enter in that through that sort of tunnel because I kind of, you know, part of my brand and part of me as a person, like I just can see bullshit a mile away. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm allowed to curse or not, but, yeah, go ahead, uh, no problem. but yeah, so like I can see it a mile away. And so I was very selective in my early stages when I was get because like, the original idea that I, my, my, my flagship site is called Swim University. It's a pool site, uh, pool and hot tub care. Uh, that it wasn't like I picked it. It wasn't like, oh, I want to get into affiliate marketing. What's a good niche? What's a good niche? Whatever. I, I got into it because like when I, was, when I was a kid, that was the summer job I had. I was a 13-year-old kid working at a, a pool store. Um, and I just kind of stuck with it. I just, I kept moving to different pool companies and didn't go to college because like I was working full time and, mm. and I was making decent money and like, you know, became assistant manager, then manager. And then like, just kind of like worked my way up uh, the ladder in the local like South Jersey pool industry. Um, and, 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 you know, obviously at that point too, I was into website design because we were, I had a, I had a band, an original band that we were trying to make. I was trying to make it as a rock star at one point. You too. And we, huh? I said you too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> Tried, tried for five years and like really thought we were going to get somewhere. And then, you know, it was just kind of obvious that like, you know, no, it wasn't going to happen. But during that time, we, this is like pre MySpace. So like, um, we needed a website and we couldn't afford one. I couldn't afford to hire a web designer. And I had a computer that my dad had bought me for college, uh, that I only went to for two weeks twice, which is what my anecdote is because went one semester for a week didn't like it, dropped out. And then I was like, I'll go the next semester for another week. Didn't like it again, dropped out. So I ended up uh, just learning how to design websites with my computer because we needed one for the band. I did learn. I was at work one day and, you know, my boss caught me looking at my own website and ended up like hiring me to do the website for the company. And then that became a whole thing where I started, you know, I had this new skill set, you know, besides the pool stuff, I was like, oh, I can build websites. And I went and got a job as a website designer at a big firm. And then like six months later, after working at that job, my boss from the pool company hired me back as a marketing director and kind of running all of the like newspaper ads, television ads, radio ads, website ads, all like the website itself you know, all things marketing for a, a company that had like multiple stores. And so um, that was great. Cause like I was 23 or something like that and had a legit corporate, you know, gig. And I was, um, and I, you know, new website designer, I knew pools. And so at that point I was like, okay, 
this is, I have an idea for a site to kind of mix these two things together. And that was the idea. Then I figured out how to monetize it, which was like AdSense and this thing called affiliate marketing, where you can just recommend products to people. And I was like, that's a perfect idea. I can write an article about, you know, how to get rid of a cloudy pool. And then I can recommend the products that I normally would recommend to customers that I did actually help throughout my entire life. So it just made sense to me. And that's how I approached it. Uh, and it took, you know, 10 years of kind of like trial and error to really get to where I am today of starting a website, trying to write content, not being a good writer at all, because I mean, that's part of the, that's, that is the exact reason I dropped out of college twice is because of an English teachers that just wasn't good, just wasn't good at it and became good at it later because my business depended on me being good at it. But yeah, that was kind of like, that's kind of the whole journey in a really small nutshell. But um, yeah, I did not come at it from a affiliate marketing, make money fast, like approach, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, Ooh, how can I make money really quick? Hey, there's this thing called affiliate marketing. Cool. I'll start a website, uh, beard oil. Let's do that. And it's like, you know, those are like the, I mean, I think that's why I've sustained for as long as I have is because I did not come at it from that angle. And I've, and it's always been like, I'm going to build a, you know, a brand around the thing that I've been, that I'm good at. And so there you I go. You're absolutely right. And I, I want to uh, keep going down this path, but mm -hmm. before we do, I'm really surprised to hear that uh, you weren't naturally a good writer because you, mm -hmm. you must've practiced at it a lot. Like, do you write the content on your websites? Uh, which one? I only write on Money Lab. Okay, well, that's the one that I was referring to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I like how on Money Lab, I'm a big fan of people that uh, just write their journey. Basically, they yeah. just write things that they're figuring out. It's 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 my favorite way, at least on my blog, just to kind of document the stuff I'm learning and mm -hmm. uh, and bring people down that experience with me, so that my concept is like, I hope that you can learn from my mistakes so that you don't have to learn from yours, you know? Yeah. And, and that's how I approach it. However, there's a real, there's a difference between writing a book and writing a web page, And like, you've, um, you must've practiced a lot because you've really nailed down that, that style of writing where you just get as much information as you can into short kind of compact sentences and paragraphs and make it so that as soon as you're done one thought, you can go into the other one. And it's yeah. like, it's, it's very smooth. Yep. That's, that's not an accident. Mm. Um, I have always been made fun of for my writing as a, I, I failed literally every English class in high school, except creative writing. That was the only one I excelled at. Um, mainly cause I'm, I feel like I'm a creative person and I am not good at following rules. I don't, I am very anti, uh, authority just as a person. Yeah. You know, it's why I work for myself. I just, I just will never work for anybody else, another human being ever again. Um, and it's because, so, so the reason for that is, I, I, I don't know, I guess that's just who I am, mm -hmm. but that sort of, like, you can't tell, like, I'm putting my thoughts down on a page or I'm putting words down on a page. And if I don't follow your grammar rules, depending on where you, what school of thought you came from, I'm wrong. Yeah. No, I'm not wrong. Um, and so I've gotten in a lot of fights with a lot of English teachers. And that's, that's the reason I dropped out of college because I literally got in an argument with my English teacher 
and said, I'm done. I'm not doing this. If I'm, if I have to stick to like, and it's so ironic because like, this is how I make my living now was through writing. So, uh, you know, basically like F you right to mm-hmm. the whole system. Um, but I do think that my, my lack of grammar skills allowed me to free flow, write Without, without um, being too much in my head as a person, I've always just been very good at just, you know, putting whatever down on a page I could, that's in my head and it's sloppy and it's terrible. Um, there's no grammar. There's no, there's no periods, there's no commas. There's nothing. I just kind of like, you know, it's like stream of consciousness sort of. And so I, you know, as um, I've gotten in not trouble, but like, you know, in my early days of some university, like I've, I've lost sponsors because of how bad my writing was. And how poorly it came. It it sounded very stupid and it sounded very dumb. And I I mean I have a story where a client was like, "Hey, we 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 said we would like advertise on your website, but then we read your website and it sounds like a fucking child wrote this, and so we're not going to. We're just going to pull out." And I was like, "Oh God, okay, this is it's this is like a wake up call for me to go. Either you need to hire somebody, which I couldn't afford at the time, or you need to figure out how to write." And you need to figure out grammar and you got to do it your way. And so I ended up uh, just sort of, I mean, I read a lot of books, you know, I'm, 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 I am, a, I am a good reader, I think, but I never really paid attention to style. And I started, there was one, there's a couple books that I really kind of gravitated towards. And I'm like, why does this feel so easy for me to read? And it was, uh, there was one book by, I think it was called Rework. It's the um, base camp book, right? Yeah. Very easy. Was to that read. one, or was it? There was another one. I think getting started, getting real, or something. And it was like, why is this so easy? And I realized that like, there's no commas. There's all periods. Mm-hmm. And then I read something from, which I don't necessarily like this person, but James Altucher or something. Mm-hmm. He wrote something on a post that I saw that was just like you know, right? He was basically saying like, if you don't know how to do grammar, you don't understand this use more periods. You like, you don't have to use commas and you don't have to use semicolons and you, you know, all these things. And, um, so I picked that up and I was like, Oh, I like that. And then I found out that was Hemingway style. So I started reading a lot of Hemingway and I was like, and then obviously there was a Hemingway app that was like trying to get you to force you into this. And I'm like, okay. And then I started understanding commas a little bit better. I underst- started understanding like just basic sentence structure. Like, and I just really kept it simple. Like, you know, my sentences, I try to keep short. I don't, I like, I will, I will choose a period over a comma any, any day. And then, you know, you start to learn commas and then you start to learn semicolons and then semicolons is where you can start getting a little pretentious in your writing. And, you know, then you can start using semicolons for certain punchlines, the way you want it delivered. And, and then that is when I started understanding the, the, diff, the, the correlation between grammar and timing that was like, that clicked for me. I was like, oh, I see. Like a period's a hard stop, a comma's a soft stop, a semicolon's like kind of a mix between a period and a hard, and a hard stop or a, a hard stop and a soft stop. And I was like, okay, I think I understand this. And that was like, those are the three pieces of, um, you know, and, and then I the other thing I learned was like, exclamation points are for the weak. Like, like, like try to like limit the amount of exclamation points you use. And then, um, then, I, then like, the question mark and exclamation points really been good for me. So like, I just have like a handful of like things that I use 
And the more important part is being able to tell a story and, and you like Money Lab looks like a blog that is um, kind of told linearly, right? And it is, but I have help. Um, my girlfriend helps me. My friends help me to, even if I'm writing just like a, a hey, hey, here's what I did. I want it to be engaging and I want it to be interesting. So I will take a first pass at it and I'll write it. And then I'll go and like, I edit as I write. So I'm making sure that I'm like, all right, how do I take this one sentence and make it, you know, five words instead of 10 words? How do I make it four words instead of five words? How do I make it, you know, four and a half words, whatever. Like I keep trying to make the sentences shorter by giving the same information. And so I'll try to get it down as much as I can. And then I'll have it, I'll hand it over to somebody else. Sometimes, not all the time. And they'll sort of reorganize the paragraphs to be like, you need to talk about this before you talk about this and you need, you know, and so those, those things get shifted around and then I go take another pass at it and really try to condense it even more. So my job is like free flow, stream of consciousness, get as much down as humanly possible, you know, edit as I write sort of thing, then have somebody else look at it and then sort of like crunch it down even more. So it's like, it's just compressing, compressing, compressing until like, and this is what I think happened with the, the base camp guys where like every sentence is important. No sentence is a fluff. No sentence is a lead in there. It's just like, it is varied to the point. And that is the kind of shit that I like to read. And it's, and it, and it's really like, it's not really writing for me. I get to write the way that I do, which is free form and no grammar and who gives a shit. And then I get to like, basically look at it as an optimization in, with my optimization eye as opposed to like a writer's eye and trying to write brilliant prose. I'm not trying to do that. And the other thing that I do too with Money Lab, which, which I don't think a lot of people do, is I punch up. So I look at it from like a script point of view where I go, how do I make this funnier? How do I make this more entertaining? Because like a lot of what I write can be very boring, especially in the pool industry too. I don't write much there anymore, but I would always take a pass at it from a comedic point of view. You know, because it's like, I have to be in that mindset. Like, okay, you were trying to make this funnier, but you can't overdo it. There's like, there's timing, you know, like you can't just be bombarded with jokes every other sentence because then it's going to feel silly. But if you pepper in some jokes or you maybe restructure a sentence to like, just read funnier, then, you know, or use a semicolon where you've used a, or use a heart or maybe you use, you put a semicolon or you put a comma, but like a period's actually funnier, mm -hmm. you know? Those things are like, it, it's, it's a lot of work. It's, it's a lot of work, but it's kind of, it's enjoyable because it is, it is, I look at it from an optimization lens as opposed to like a, you know, an English or writing lens. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. I, I think there is so much to learn from that whole conversation as much as the internet or even just work or creative work has uh, has gotten more involved with media and video and images. I, I always tell people that the first thing I think you should do if you're trying to build an online brand and especially get to a point where you want to monetize an online brand is learn how to write. And the reason being is because the story, I mean, anytime somebody mentions story, my, my eyes always open up a little bit because that's, that's really all you're doing, whether you're selling a pool product, something that's dry and, and you know, kind of boring, or yeah. whether uh, 
whether you're telling a, a, a personal story about like a childhood, something that's like a much more dynamic or whatever, it's, it's still a story. There's still a beginning, a middle and an end. And then ultimately like a point. And if you're good at it, a call to action. And if, if you can navigate how to do that, I personally think it's just the most valuable skill. It's almost like the online marketing version of being a really good salesperson, right? Yeah. And I don't think story is one of those things that's a really sexy word right now. It's like a really cool buzzword. Like yeah. I, I'm a storyteller. No, you're not. You're not a storyteller. If you write a how-to article about getting rid of pool algae, I'm sorry. That's not a story. It will never be a story. Uh, you doing a vlog is not a story if you don't tell it. I mean, if you don't craft it, you have to craft it. I don't, I don't think like, you know, like if you look at Money Lab, I'm, I'm recounting a series of events in a day. Sometimes I will go back and look at it and go, how do I make this more compelling? How do I make this more, you know, this is boring. And, and stories are not meant to be boring. So I don't, I definitely don't call myself a storyteller. I just think that I have a natural ability to, I mean, that's just kind of how we talk, right? Mm -hmm. Like we talk in stories sometimes, like, you know, your first question, I sort of told a story of how I started, you know, I sort of told a story of how I write in a way, but there was no beginning. There was no plot. There was no like real, you know what I mean? Like, like a real story is constructed. And so I hate the idea that like everything has to be a story. It doesn't. Uh, some things can just be technical. Some things can just be a how-to article. Um, just because you vlog doesn't mean you're a storyteller. Mm -hmm. you know? um, so I don't know if like that I, I, I don't know what it is. Like, I think it's, it's more of like, if you can convey an idea in a, in a very easy to digest format, then you're just good at that. That's whatever that is. You know, I think with the one of the one of the strengths that I have with Sum University, which is a very technical and same with Money Lab, I think, too. These are very technical and, and very um, especially pools like it's like water chemistry. It's, mm -hmm. it's like I could as a writer. And I've, I, we, I mean, this is kind of my whole company is based on this philosophy that this stuff you can really nerd out if you want to and there are sites out there where they do that and they pride themselves in that and they're actually assholes because of it you know they will say to me you know yo you don't understand water chemistry and they'll start throwing just all the they'll just you know kind of double down on all the uh the, the terminology all the scientific terms and i go that's great i am so glad you spent your whole life trying to understand water chemistry from like a really deep scientific level. That is so cool. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Most of the customers I'm talking to are just people who want to swim in their fucking pool. They don't, they don't want a fucking chemistry degree. And that's the reason your site is not as successful is because I think we just kind of say, you don't really need to know this. Like it's kind of like, let we know this, let us know this and let us distill this into something that you can understand. And I'm not saying dumb it down. I'm just saying like omit information that is sort of like, you don't need to know what, you know, you don't really need to understand what parts per million really means, right? It's just a measurement. It's just a measurement that's all things measured are, you know, in the pool industry, it's measured in parts per million. That's it, PPM. You don't really need to understand it at a, like a deep level of what that really means like, like chemically. So we just kind of omit those things, you know, just like, it's just like, 
and it's just not fun to read. It's just like, it's kind of like a deterrent from what your, what the actual goal of the article is, which is like, I have a party this weekend and my pool needs to be clear. I'm, I'm glad you're a chemistry major, but that's not who I want to learn from. I want to learn from somebody who is a, you know, who has a scientific background, but then somebody who could like hear them and then retell it in a way that's like more digestible for the, uh, for the general public. I, Totally agree. And I think it's important to make that distinction. When I think of story, mm-hmm. and totally agree, it's like an overused kind of hyperbolic term at this point. Yeah, that's right. Filled with like fluff, you know, there's like a lot of art behind the idea of telling a Well, story. everyone wants to be an artist. And so it's exactly. like very easy to call yourself that. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so when, when I think of it from an online perspective standpoint, and I think the example that you just gave is great. It's like, I have a party this weekend and my pool needs to be clear. So to me, the objective of the story that you got to tell is like, here's your problem and how can you fix it? Yeah. And you don't need to have all of that very specific information in there because realistically, all, all you're doing is trying to tell the person like, this is what you need to do. Click this button right here and your problem Mm -hmm. will be solved. And so in my view, that's why, that's why being good at formatting content in a way that is very direct, lots of periods, lots of short sentences, like short yeah. paragraphs with space in between them is so good at, at delivering that message because, you know, whether we call it a story or whether we call it a solution or whatever the case may be, you get to it as quick as possible and then you embark an emotional response with somebody. And then right. that emotional response is, is why they essentially take action. And it's, it goes against all the data, right? It's like, it mm. goes against what the online marketers tell you. It's like, you need long ass, like, like blog posts. You need, you know, 2000 words. Oh yeah. But man, if you can get to 5,000 words, oh, you're killing it. If you get to 12,000, I've seen, I've seen blog posts that were 12,000 words on like how to start a blog. I'm pretty sure I could take those 12,000 words and I could distill it down to 2000 words or less. Mm. I guarantee you I could. Or I would omit things that you probably don't even need to know. And you don't even need to concern yourself with when you're trying to get to the end game of how to start a blog. It's like, I can tell you probably in three moves how to get there. And I just think that, you know, we've sort of, that's the thing about seeing through the, through the bullshit. It's like, you, you see these things like we've studied, you know, 10,000 blogs. And we noticed that, you know, most blog posts, if you want to rank, you need to be 2,500 words or whatever. It's like, no, no. That's not true. Uh, you just, you know, there's a problem in the internet, right? And you're just, you just highlighted it. There's too many fucking words. Like, mm-hmm. use less words, and you can rank. I we rank for for pages that have like a hundred words. It's not it has nothing to do with that. It's like it's 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 Google wants to answer the question. That's their whole job, is like, is is giving uh you know searchers the relevant answer. And obviously, they're taking what you're they're taking your twelve thousand words now, pulling out the one paragraph. And, and, and stealing it basically for themselves as, as Google is doing. It's like, well, why not just be Google and just do that on your own site? Because that's exa- exactly what people are looking for. And I don't mean that like you shouldn't write in-depth content. In-depth content is very different than what I'm talking about. Like you can write in-depth content, just you probably didn't need like 10 sentences to s- convey one idea. You probably only needed two. So yeah. Brilliant, man. I, I love it. I love this conversation. Um, I think you and I could probably nerd out about it's like it's very inside yeah it's very like (laughs) it's very nerdy yeah it's very like um but 
I, I totally agree. And I guess just before I, I move on to the the next idea is mm-hmm. uh, just to um, just almost double down on that. Like if you want to get started, the first thing to do is just solve that really, really difficult problem in becoming a good writer, which in my view is basically means become a really good communicator. And uh, yeah, that's exactly that, Then I think you can build a really great business. Yep. So here's another reason why I'm a big fan of, of what you're doing and like the style that you've taken. <laughs> man, you're killing it, Matt. You're the, awesome. uh, the audio people don't know what I just did. But, uh, I just it made it a, uh, I just made it look like my head was expanding uh, <laughs> from all the compliments. No, I mean, uh, I, I mean them and it's not to inflate your ego. It's, it's from a very pragmatic standpoint. I have been a big believer ever since I started my first online company in that the way to do it. And, you know, you hear about audience building, right? The way to do it is to, is to go small. And the mistake that people make is they think I need to have a million followers and a gazillion email followers where that's not true. You just have to find your people, right? Because no matter what it is that you're into, and every time I look around, there's always weird examples. Like um, the random example that always comes to mind, and I don't know why, but my sister and I, we collect sugar skulls, like little statue skulls. Every time we travel somewhere and we find one, I'll buy one and send to her and she'll buy one and send to mm. me. Right? And it's such a small, like idiosyncratic example. But the fact of the matter is, if you're into sugar skulls, there's got to be tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of other people that are also into them. So yeah. like, whatever you're into, there's other people that are into it. And if you yep. can build content if you can build ideas if you can build community around little things that you're into guaranteed you can build a business around it and so when i saw your approach of you know pools right um yeah and breweries uh or homebrew yeah. homebrewing yeah yeah and then even something like money lab which is uh experimentation i think like online marketing experimentation which is a passion yeah of for course. sure yeah. yeah which is something that you're into like it's not just selling this dream of you want to start your online business. Like you can be your own boss. It's, mm-hmm. it's not like that. It's like no. you really can enjoy the work that you do and surround yourself with people that are passionate about the same stuff. And your reward is you quite literally get to get paid to do shit that you love. And yeah. I just think that's really cool. And I think that, I think you're doing that. Yeah. I mean, the, so money lab is a very strange world that I've entered into. It's my favorite website. Mm. and uh, that I own and the reason for it is because it is so very much exactly what I wanted to do with this website and it has not and I've I am I fought very hard to keep uh from kind of being a sellout it's 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 a fear of my being a sellout is a huge fear of mine I think it stems from when I was in a band you know it's like that was the one thing you didn't want to do and uh it's kind of kind of dumb but at the same time like uh, I, I do, you know, the idea of Money Lab and the, re- the look, the, the actual title was a tongue in cheek title. It was not supposed, it, it's, me- it's meant to be a blatantly obvious uh, reason we do anything, right? It's, it was, because I had all these other names for it and even my own, own name, like it was going to just be like, you know, mattjivanisi.com or whatever. And then the idea, and the whole idea was, I just want it 
I was so behind the scenes with SUMY University and doing all these things and having conversations with like one or two people. And I really just wanted to kind of like have a, uh, an outlet to showcase just my thought process and to just basically journal what I was thinking and how I was approaching business from my understanding completely differently than everybody else was doing. Cause I had been trained in all of this as I was building SUMY University for 10 years and I have, and I'm very, you know, I've been cherry picking ideas and not necessarily following, you know, anybody's specific idea because it never worked for me, especially in the pool industry. There was a lot of ideas like, you know, you need to get into forums. Where, who's, who's got a pool forum? It's not a thing. You need to run Facebook ads. To who? They don't write on their Facebook profile that they own a swimming pool. So how do you do that? It's like, there's a lot of like things that people are just, you just got to get in front of somebody else's audience. There wasn't that. So I just had to like sit there and cherry pick all these ideas over, over there all these years. And I just didn't like being behind the scenes anymore. I kind of wanted to like show off. I wanted to brag about like this work that I was doing and I needed a place to do that. And so the, the other idea was I also wanted an excuse to do crazier shit, right? I wanted, I wanted to try something interesting, like make a rap album in 30 days, for example, and go, can I do something like this? It's something I've always wanted to do. Is it possible? Can you make money from it? You know, where are you going to do that? And so I was like, so the idea was like, maybe it's called product lab. And like the idea that like, the, the idea was I want to just write down a hypothesis. I want to showcase what I'm doing as an experiment and have zero, I'm not giving advice during it. I'm not saying you should do X or you should do this. I'm just going, here's my thing, whatever, you know, did it work or did it not work? That was basically it. And so I went back and forth with names and like, I, I was just like, you know what, let's just call it what it is. Like we're trying to make money on the internet. So just call it money lab. Yeah. And I was like, wow, no one owns that. Great. All right. Then there you go. It's, that was kind of how it was born. And then, yeah, it sort of became my, my personal brand, which was like, here's my, here's my kind of like uh, manifesto. My manifesto is mm. I am, I'm just a fucking guy who's been doing this for many years. I have this, these handful of skills. And I have a handful of ideas and I'm just going to try them publicly. And some of them are going to work and most of them are not. Uh, and so that's kind of how it started. And that's what it is. And I still do it. It's still like, I still will be like, oh, I want to try Pinterest. Well, I'm not going to, you know, dedicate like an employee to it or like pay somebody to do it or whatever. Like, I'm just going to do it myself, soup to nuts, document the whole thing. And then at the end of it, like, what did I learn? And it's like, okay, is it, and then it becomes, you know, and then, you know, that's a, that's a, it sounds like a journal entry and it is, but again, going back to like all of the, the editing and the optimizing, like it's a journal entry that I've edited to basically turn it into an easily digestible, like uh, something that's actually not shitty to read. It's not like just some guy's journal. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's crafted in some way. Um, and Unfor the unfortunate part of running a website like that is there's no SEO traffic at all. Like it, it gets so little love on, on Google. And, and that's kind of been like, once I realized that I'm like, cool, I'm good with that. Like I'm good at doing SEO. I do SEO in my sleep. I've studied it for many years. Um, let me try to do marketing a way that I don't know how, a very uncomfortable way of doing it, which is like really just word of mouth. And that's how this, that's how Money Lab is 
is it's in and and like to give you true numbers like when you talk about small audiences like yes there's a lot of people i know that like money lab but my site gets about 4000 visitors a month maybe and i have about 1800 subscribers on my email list and it's been around for 4 years <laughs> or 5 years so like it's just been a and and i got those 16 to 1800 people like the second month I had it, cause I had a viral hit with, um, I don't know if you saw that email marketing page that I did. So uh, like this, dude, it was like the month after I started Money Lab and I, I was getting so sick and tired of like the pop-ups, like the email pop-ups that come in from like everywhere. And, and this was like at the height of like Sumo and, and all of these like, or Sumo Me and, the, and, and like all of these like, um, like Optin Monster, all these apps that were like, this is the new, this is the way to get email addresses. And I just got so angry that I jumped on the computer and I just started writing this, like this whole thing of, of me going, just like, give me your fucking email address. Like I will do, I will do whatever it takes. Like, you know, and it was, I sent it to a friend and he was like, do you use the F word in every sentence? And I was like, yeah. He's like, that's not funny. I was like, yeah, you're right. It's not funny. And then like, I took these, I think it was like 500 words and I just like for a month just kept refining it and kept punching up jokes or taking out jokes or, you know, doing all this stuff. And then I ended up building a web page where as you're reading it, like the, these pop-ups are sliding in asking for your email address. And the whole thing is just, it's just called give me your email address. And it was just like parody account. And it's been like, it's, it, that went viral. I think it got on Hacker News and it got on all these other sites like Reddit and I got 1600 email subscribers in a day, right? And then that's basically been my audience for the last four years, right? It's like anybody who saw that and understands what I'm trying to do and it turns out it's a lot of my peers and that was always the goal. It's like, I don't want, like there's definitely like people like, you know, um, there's definitely entrepreneurs that read my stuff and there's definitely like people who are just starting out but most of the people that read Money Lab are like, they've been doing it for a while. And it's sort of like this respect, right? Yeah. And it's like, that's what I want it. I don't, I don't, I want it, I want it my peers to be like, I like your site. Like, you're like one of the only sites that I read. You know, I want it like, you know, people to be like, I, you know, I don't bookmark many sites and I don't follow many Twitter people, but you're one of them. It's like, that's it. I don't need a lot of people. I just need peers. And that's, that was the goal. And and I've met it and now I don't want to like, now that I have it, you know, I, I always want to grow, but I'm actually pretty cool being like, like being the cool kid in the room, you know, with the site. So it's kind of like, I'm, it, 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 it allows me to remain proud of it without selling out. And it makes decent money. I would say probably like two to $4,000 a month in just core sales. And I'm good with that. Like I'm, I'm, that's like, I'm, that's obviously a comfortable living for, for, um, for me, if I, you know, if I didn't have some university, like I would totally live on that. Um, so I mean, yeah, of course I want it to grow, but I also want to be cool. So there's <laughs> man, a balance. Man, I, I think that's so amazing because I just relate to it so much. Like it took me a long time to actually, I think even the, so where do I go with this? Our agency makes all of our, our sales and leads and that's, you know, multi-million dollar company and that's all mm -hmm. through SEO search. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, you know how to do it. And I got a couple of lead gen sites, which is all the same thing. And so 
because there's so many people like you and I who are creating content about like build this amazing online business. The first year in my blog, I remember being really frustrated because it's like, there's no way that I can compete with, you know, like the Pat Flynn's or like mm-hmm. the E on fire. It's just not going to happen. They got like yeah. 10 years on me. And so about two years into it, I, I just, maybe I got older and just more comfortable or I don't know, maybe it was like half the acceptance of just saying like, this isn't worth it. But I just decided like, who are the people that I want to relate to? And let me just start having conversations with them. Yeah. So my whole writing style changed. And that's when I actually decided to, to focus a lot on my podcast, my email list. Like you said, I think there's 1800 people on it. Um, But I love it. Like they know every single Friday they get a newsletter from me and they have for forever. And it's almost like the same hundred people or so reply every time. Yeah. yeah that's like, how it, and I really yeah. like this, but it feels good. I like it. Yeah. And I get, you know, it's the, even my email list is so, it's such a weird, and this is, this was, again, this was like day one. The thought that I had was like, I don't want to be on a schedule. I don't like being on a schedule. And so I was like, I'm not sending a newsletter because I'm going to, I know there's going to be a, a, a day where I'm going to have to send a newsletter one Friday and I'm like, I got nothing this week and I'm just going to mm. pull shit out of my ass. And it's like, <laughs> I can't, I can't do that. To, and so like, oh, I like and, that. so my emails are very unique from what I've been told. I, I, I certainly don't subscribe to anybody that does what I do, which is basically I write to you. I'm like, I, you're on my list. I'm just writing. I literally pick a person in my, on my email list and I just write an email to them. And my emails are short and they're, and they're kind of like to the point and they are, sometimes it's just to share one link. It's usually to share one link. It's like, Hey, I, I worked in this thing or I updated this thing. Check it out. Or, you know, like, here's what, I, here's what happened to me yesterday. And like, it got me thinking about this. And so therefore I wrote this or I created this piece. And I just kind of like, I don't, I don't like writing. Like I hate writing. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's something that is a, it's a slog for me. And so I, you know, I, I do craft my emails the same way I craft my, my website, but they're so much shorter and they're so, um, kind of sporadic. It's kind of like, you just got an email from me and we've been friends for a while. I'm just like, what are you up to? And they're like, what? And, and I get, it's funny. Cause I get people who understand what I'm doing. They know that they're on a convert kit list, but they'll email me and like, dude, I really thought you were talking to me. Like, I really thought you emailed just me. And then I look back at the email and I realized like it was formatted and it had an unsubscribe link at the bottom. But like, how do you do that? And I go, cause I literally probably thought about you yeah. when I, when I sent it, you know, it was <laughs> like, and I don't write, I don't, when I write the emails, and this is a conscious choice. I don't say you all or we, or I use very like, I'm talking to an individual person. Um, and, and I keep it short, like a real email would be. And I, and I put funny titles, I put funny subject lines. I don't like, I don't write long, like this is how I did X. It's like, I'll, sometimes I'll just write, Hey, or I'll write, yo, or I'll write, uh, like something like goofy or I'll, you know, a couple of times I've gotten put in spam folders. Cause I, you know, threw sexual in the end, in the endos in the title or in, you know, what, or in the subject line. And it was like, ah, I was trying to be funny, but like, got put in spam. So don't do that again. Um, but yeah, it's a really kind of, and I get, and I do get a little like, I I mean, today is one of those days. Like I do feel like I haven't emailed 
like my people in a long time. And so mm-hmm. like, sometimes I'll just email them like, I didn't do anything. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I'm just, here's what's going on. I have nothing to share this week or I have nothing to share this month. I don't know. Or sometimes I just won't email them and I'll just feel bad. And then I'll end up creating some piece of content, um, whether it's like a parody thing or a song or whatever. And I'll just be like, hey, I just did this, you know, thanks, yeah. for, thanks for being on a list or whatever. Um, just so they don't forget about me. But, you know, I have a very high open rate. I have a very low churn rate. And I think it's just because I treat them like human beings and not like people on a list, you know, yeah. not, not just a, a line in a spreadsheet. Um, That's cool. So, yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. All right. Um, wrapping this thing up, we got a couple more minutes, but there yeah. is one more subject that I want to talk about because I feel that you are going to have a very specific opinion on it. And mm. let me give you a little bit of context. Uh, one of the reasons why when I first saw your concept of affiliate is because I'm not a product person. You know, like we've built, um, we, we're, my, my company is mainly a lead gen company slash SEO company. And mm-hmm. I feel very comfortable with that. And, and we've made a great living. But the, the dream for a lot of independent content creators like ourselves is to just have products that we can sell and make a living off of. And anytime I would give advice to people, like the advice that we just shared, like find what you're into and then create content about it. The, the gap I always had in my head is, okay, cool. So you've built an email list. You got 5,000 people. Like now what, you know, I don't want to tell people to put Google ads on their site. Yeah. And so seeing that, um, that solution of building relationships with either like independent businesses uh, and creating affiliate products just seems like a really, really good solution. However, one of the dangers of that is that you're not actually in control of your own inventory the same way that you would be if you created your own products. And I think a really, really telling example of that, and I feel like when I say this, I'm going to make you lose your fucking mind, okay. is, is Amazon recently. I mean, yeah. that must have crushed hundreds of thousands of businesses, honestly. Like, I, I don't have any Amazon affiliate businesses, but in some cases I saw it went from like 10% commission down to like one to 2% commission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, mine went uh, from seven to three. Seven to three was for, mm-hmm. for some of your stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean like it doesn't take a brain scientist. That's more than half of, of revenue. Yeah. And, uh, I lost 50%. We, we had a whole month of doing it and yeah, 50% was lost, but yeah. Uh, you know, thankfully we were building our own products kind of like, you know, and, and putting those things in place. So it did make up for it, but we didn't right. grow this year. Like we didn't like, like had that continued and we still did our behind the scenes thing. We would have like doubled our business this year. Wow. We only probably grew by like 10% instead of like doubling, um, which I can't, I can't be mad about at all because sure. um, yeah, I mean the Amazon thing really bummed me out, but there are alternatives. Well, you know, yeah, and sure. Yeah. So I, I guess where I wanted to go with that is, is from somebody that's been on both ends, you've mm-hmm. created your own products and you've had a lot of success with affiliate and you've yeah. learned these lessons about what can happen if, if you know, a third-party vendor pulls the rug out from under you. Yes. Somebody's listening to this and they're saying like, oh man, that's my solution. I want to build a website about sugar skulls and now I have a way to monetize it. Like what mm-hmm. is your your game plan that you would give to them? Um, I think affiliate marketing is a very quick way to monetize your site. And I think Mm -hmm. it's a very good way to monetize your site, especially if you, I mean, the way that I look at 
Swim University is I treat it as if it is a store that I own. And it's like a local store. I personally recommend, you know, I've been in the pool industry for like 25 years. I know the products, you know, they send me, they send me shit. I like some products and I dislike a lot of products. And I only quote unquote stock products on my website that I personally recommend. And so we do, I do keep an inventory of products. I use my, I actually have a software company called Lasso, which is, which is how I do it. And when things are out of stock, we fix it and we find the, the, the thing that will replace it or we remove it from the site. You know, we can do that all through our inventory management system. So I do kind of treat it like an e-commerce site and, and more so I treat it like a, like a mom and pop store. Like you're coming into my store and I am the guy and you're like, what do I do, Matt? And I go here this and this, you know? Okay. And it's in stock because I trust this company. It's like very, it's a very old school approach. Um, I don't just add a bunch of affiliate links to things just because whatever. Uh, that said, that was, you know, that was a very early, like, dude, you can monetize your site day one, you know, with, with a, with a strategy like that. You're not going to get a lot of sales. You're not gonna make a lot of money, but it's monetized. Uh, secondly, I was like, you know, I started with AdSense as well. Uh, you know, you, you would like, so the, when the Amazon thing hit, I was very public in, in expressing my anger towards it and, and, and just telling people how much money I stood to lose. And I have been very upfront about that. Um, and so what (laughs) I, I still kind of go like, you know, I've, for the last like seven years, I've been trying to you know, if, if affiliate marketing is 90% of my income and digital product sales are 10% of my income, I've been trying to sway that, those numbers. I've been trying to make it more like 60, 40 or more like 50, 50. And the one thing that I refused to, to compromise on, and, and a lot of people emailed me after this happened and said, why don't you just put ads on your site? Oh my God, the amount of traffic you're getting, the amount of money you'd make. And I just, I'm, I just like tell $5. them, no, I'm like one, uh, it's going to crush my page speed and I'm a page speed nerd. Like mm-hmm. my sites are lightning and there's a, there's a very good reason for that is my competitive advantage. And two, I don't want, do, do you hate ads? You're the person telling me don't, when you go on a website or you go like, fuck, I hate this shit. It's like, yeah, you are. So why would I do that to my, the people that are visiting my site? That's terrible. And plus, yeah, the amount of, it's not worth the, like the, the month. The, yeah, it's, of course I might make 10 grand a month from doing it. Um, I just, I, I, integrity, I guess is, is what's holding me back from that. And like having a fast site and a site that's not annoying. I don't want an annoying site. Uh, I want a site that like you can read on mobile and not like have to like scroll through pop-up ads. Dude, I don't add cookie, the accept cookie thing. Me neither. I'm like, I'm like, you know what? Let them come after me. Am I, am I really that much of a threat? I don't even really collect. I don't do anything with email addresses. I don't really collect any data. And I was just like, I'd rather not collect data than have a, a pop-up that every time you visit my site, you have to accept. I'm like, no, it's the worst. It's the worst. So I was like, you know what? I don't need, I don't need the data. You know, I don't need it. So, uh, and it's all on my disclosure page. Had a lawyer look it over. It's all good. And, you know, before you, before you sign up for an email address, I mean, I'm going on a tangent, but Basically, I think starting out with an affiliate strategy is great and, and keeping that affiliate strategy through the, the whole time you run your business is great, but I always consider it 
icing. I don't mm. want to consider it my business. And I get, I get very nervous when my entire business is based on affiliate marketing. And I would also be nervous if my entire business was based on selling ads because it, you know, if you run a podcast right now and you make your money primarily through ads, are you, uh, the question even right now with, the, with everything that's going on in the world, are you making money through ads right now? Because I know a lot of advertisers are pulling out. And so when you're at them, and this is the same thing about um, my, 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 this kind of goes back to the beginning where we're talking about how I just have this like anti-authority sort of like mentality. You know, <laughs> that's me working for Amazon is what it is. And that's me working for an advertiser. No, thank you. You don't get to tell me what to do, except Amazon does tell me what to do and then they fuck you. So, yeah. you know, lesson learned. And, and I've been, again, I've been, you, I couldn't fully just say, you know, F you to Amazon. I have to slowly sort of like, you know, transition myself to be my really kind of like in control of my own income. And so we've been doing that and thankfully it's been successful and it continues to be successful. But then again, you know, I'm also at the mercy of Google. So, you know, with SEO and stuff. So I, you know, it's kind of like, you're always building, uh, off the ba off the backs of another giant. And, um, it's just a matter of being like the, the, one of the things that I think that I do to stay sort of like, I want to be nimble and be able to hop giants and be able to move quickly. And when you have a big team and you have a big company, it's really hard to do stuff like that. But if you're small and you stay small and you grow, and you're smart about it. It's very easy for us to kind of like make those shifts. And that's sort of, I guess, like what I do in a nutshell. Small Great advice, man. And I think important advice. I've, I got really hurt and people that listen to my podcast, I, I can't even go through the whole story again, but the whole Facebook bait and switch, you know, like that, that was my lesson. And mm -hmm. uh, that kicked my ass for sure. It was like years of work that overnight just meant nothing. And uh, like the algorithm switch when they, exactly. like, when you were getting like page likes and it meant something and exactly. then it all of a sudden yeah. didn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah. And now it's, 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 it's crazy to see, um, it's yeah I, i'm i'm never trying to preach to anybody because i'm not trying to come at it from like a uh a moral standpoint by any means like if if you can build a business using amazon i don't want to get in your way I, i'm always hey. trying to come at it from a practical standpoint like look i swear to you this will not last forever so like in right yourself. but that's how i feel about everything if that, everything so like, yeah if you feel that way it's like take advantage of it while you can mm. don't be a dick about it save your money, you know, build up, build up like, you know, a, a, a war chest or a, or a vault or whatever you want to call it, whatever, whatever, you know, word you want to give it. And, you know, make sure you're ready for this stuff. Cause like, look what happened during the pandemic. Like a lot of businesses were not ready. A lot of businesses were just screwed in general and, sure. and you know, but we had money saved and we, and the only reason I do that is because I learned my lesson too. I, I, I run a seasonal business. We don't make a lot of money in the winter time. And so like I had to learn some, some, not, not tricks, like just good accounting and just, you know, and try not to overspend, like ruthlessly look at your books, cut expenses, save your money, make it last, invest it in like small right areas only, you know, there's, it's, it's just really kind of being like uber diligent about where your money is going. It's the same thing with personal finance. I mean, that's kind of, I come from that world as well. And like a lot of lessons to be learned there that you can learn in business. And so having those skill sets is like, you know, if I was going to tell anybody, if you were going to start your own business from scratch, it would be 
first, get your own shit together. Because yeah. what the first thing that I did when I actually like lost my job and started my business was I just bought every personal finance book I could get my hands on and just read about how to be better with money as an individual. And then slowly but surely those principles carried over into the business. You know, it took some time, took some learning, but I took some mistakes as well. But I finally feel like I'm in a place where like, I can, I'm still prone to make mistakes, but less drastic ones or less like devastating ones. Yeah. Great advice, man. I, I, people need to hear that. And just to repeat one more time, big fan of all you're doing. I I have two business partners actually that live in Boulder. So I was supposed to be out there, but like I told you, the, uh, the pandemic shoot everything up. So, right. Um, you know, we're hoping to make it out there in September maybe. So, so when we do, hopefully we can meet up and and grab a bite to eat. Matt, thank you so much for your time. Everybody. I, I'm not just saying this as like the podcast promoter. I'm saying this as a fan, go to moneylab.co, I believe. Yep. Um, sign up. Your writing has a great sense of humor. Your images have a great sense of humor. Uh, thank you so much for being so transparent with, with, with all your message. And I appreciate your time, bro. Oh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. We'll do this again. See you later. Later. Hey guys, it's me. It's Tim. One last time before we wrap up, just wanted to say thank you for tuning into the podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes. Please leave me an honest rating. Please follow me on Spotify. It's the best thing you can do to support the show. If you want to find out more, go to timstods.com. Feel free to fill out the contact form to reach out to me personally. I always respond. I appreciate you guys so much. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.